Uh, something a little bit different, I think, this morning uh, on my heart. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 9.24. shouldn't say different. I mean, the Word of God, just specific. And, um, and we just endeavor to be led by the Spirit of God. A lot of times I'm teaching in series. We just got done with one, and they had something specific on my heart this morning. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24, it says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty." Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Uh, in the Amplified Classic, verse 24, let's read the, that passage in the Amplified Classic. It says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners compete, but only one receives the prize? So run your race that you may lay hold of the prize and make it yours. Verse 25, now every athlete who goes into training conducts himself temperately and restricts himself in all things. They do it to win a wreath that will soon wither, but we do it to receive a crown of eternal blessedness that cannot wither. Therefore, I do not run with uncertainty, without definite aim. I do not box like one beating the air or striking without an adversary. But like a boxer, I buffet my body, handle it roughly, discipline it by hardships, and subdue it for fear that after proclaiming it to others, or to others the gospel and things pertaining to it, I myself should become unfit, not stand the test, be approved and rejected as a counterfeit. Let's also, before we go on, read Hebrews 12, verse 1. It says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And finally, let's read this too. Colossians 3.17, it says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Now we're going to go back and, uh, you know, we'll look at 1 Corinthians 9 in just a moment here. Um, why don't we do that? We'll look at. We'll start there, and then I'm gonna. I'll read a little bit of that. Let's go back and read First Corinthians nine twenty four. Do you not all know that those who run in a race run, but one receives the price? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. They do it to obtain a perishable crown. Talking about people competing, competition sports and. 
things like that. Well, we obtain, or we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body, bring it into subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. You know, when I was thinking uh, just about this week or just about preparing, actually on Wednesday, just in the middle of that sermon, I, I, mentioned, um, I mentioned this illustration I'm going to put up in a second. And, uh, you know, hadn't thought about mentioning it and so didn't have this uh, thing prepared. And we talked about it a little bit, but that came back to me. And I uh, thought about talking about this a little more, but I'm going to put this up in a minute. But it's a painting. Um, our our uh, regional director, you know, we're part of a ministerial association, and our regional director, uh, just that oversees, you know, this region is there to help and there to coordinate things. Um, his name is Pastor Sam Smucker, and he's in uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, out in Amish country. And if you guys know, I've mentioned it before. We have a regional retreat every summer out there and have for years. And so we organized our vacation out there around that. So we're going to be out there. It's just a you know, two-day, uh, it's over three days, but starts Monday night and gets done Wednesday morning. And so uh, we organized our vacation out there for years. So like since 2012. So like Christina and Julia was like three when we started going. Christina was four. So that's all they know. We go to Pennsylvania and we, we're in the middle of Amish country. There's cabins and farms and with, you know, they're using non-powered tools and you hear the clip-clop of the, the horses. And so that's, that's where we go. And Pastor Sam Smucker grew up Amish and uh, he, he was born again, I want to say 24, 26 24, 26, but, you know, so he tells about that, and, they, you know, they, they have their church out there. Uh, he doesn't pastor the church anymore, um, but you're, you go over this hill, and there's, you're in the middle of cornfields, and you go over in this hill, and there's this huge church building in the middle of there. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful building, and so when he was growing up, he grew up Amish, and um, he would go out and plow, and his dad told, taught him how to plow, from an early age and, you know, be on the uh, plow there with the mules pulling it and taught him how to uh, plow a straight row. And he would tell this story. I heard him tell this story a long time ago. Uh, and he would, he would talk about the mules and he would put them on there. And he said, the way you, you plow a straight row is you keep your eye on the fence post. There's fence posts at the end of the field. And you said, you just keep your eye on that and keep the reins steady and you'll, you'll plow a straight row. If you look down where you're at, you'll be all over the place. You look at what's coming, you, you'll, you'll go left and right, and it won't be straight. But you keep your eye on the fence post, it'll be straight. Well, he would tell that story. And um, when he moved on from the, turned the pastorate over uh, five years ago, uh, there are these uh, Theaters, there's a theater in uh, Lancaster area called Sight and Sound. How many of you have ever heard of Sight and Sound? You've heard us talk about it. It's like Christian Broadway. It's a, they are very high quality. If you've never been there, it, huge 300-foot wraparound stage. They pack that place. It, it must seat over 2,000. They pack it three, sir, three um, showings a day, every day in the summer, and uh, it's just awesome. Well, the founder of that, he, he started out as a painter, and he painted this picture of what Pastor Sam had described about his dad teaching him how to plow and him keeping the eye on the fence post. You want to go up and put up that? I took a picture when they did this. I don't know if you can see it. 
So this man, he just is amazingly talented and uh, his paintings are awesome. They just have such full of color. And uh, if you wanna, if you can put it up on the video there for the people to see as well uh, on the video. And then he started out painting and he would have music to it and eventually led to where they do these theater and then these huge productions and it's amazing. So he painted this picture. And so you can see, uh, this is Pastor Sam's dad and then Pastor Sam there as a, as a boy with the four mules and then the plow. And then the little plaque at the bottom says, keep your eye on the fence post. And the fence post is way out there in the horizon. And just, a, just an awesome picture of life. And, you know, of course, he was presented this when he had been pastoring this church for 40 years. And he said, I, you know, I didn't, here it is. I mean, it's 40 years later. And that was five years ago, five, six years ago. And, uh, you know, talking about life, you know, we're, we're only, all of us are here. You can put the, the picture down. Actually, go ahead and leave it up. You can leave it up while I'm talking for a while. It's a back, good backdrop while I'm talking now. Um, you know, we just had a baby dedication this morning. Babies just, they're just starting out. And who are we really dedicating? We're dedicating, the parents are dedicating. You and I are dedicating. Babies. Don't know really what's going on, not going to remember it, too young. They'll see pictures, but they're not really dedicating anything. They're de- they're, the parents are saying, we're dedicating something. We're dedicating the child. We're dedicating ourselves, right? When you guys said amen, that's not flippant. You're, you went to those statements. You're saying, we're dedicating ourselves. Well, they're just starting out their course, you know, in this day and age, it just there's all kinds of ideas. Of course, people drift away from God, but that's nothing new. People have been doing that for millennia. Everybody's got a choice, right? You're going to serve God? Do you believe God? Do you believe He's real? you believe His things are real? Or are you going to do something else? Well, since the beginning of uh, creation, God created Adam and Eve and went along and there was the first murder. You know, Cain killed Abel, and then the families grew up, and people drifted away from God until there was a flood. There was a literal flood, and then start over, and people make their decisions. But what, you know, when you're talking about that, you're talking about where are you going? What, what is this all about? Because, you know, we, we just had a baby vacation. They're just starting out, but the life is short. You know, for every one of us, I don't care if you live to be 115, it's short. It's not long. How many can testify that it seems like time goes pretty quick? Huh? You remember five years, ten years ago. You know, kids are like, well, that seems so long. No, it's not that long. And anybody that's been around for a while, you understand it's, it's not going to last that long. Well, then what are we doing? On the earth, we have, like Paul said, we have a race to run. We have a race to run, and while we're on this earth, we have decisions to make. Why don't you go ahead and put up that, that scripture we just read. Let's look at it in the Amplified Classic. Verse 24 says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners compete, but only one receives the prize? So run your race that you may lay hold of the prize... And make it yours. Verse 25. 
Now, every athlete who goes into training conducts himself temperately and restricts himself in all things. They do it to, uh, to win a wreath that will soon wither, but we to receive a crown of eternal blessedness that cannot wither. So let's stop there in verse 25. Now, every athlete who goes into training conducts himself temperately and restricts himself in all things. That means self-controlled. And I think, I don't know about you, but when I read that, I think there's a connotation of, you know, exercise, getting to the gym or, you know, strict diet or these things we, we associate with self-control of you're just going to put your body down and, and do stuff. And that's, that's true. That's, that's true. Discipline, diet, all that stuff. But it's also disciplined in what you let yourself do and not do in light of where you're going. You know, sometimes it, it's easy, well, I'll say that in a minute, but to, it's not just these things where we're narrowly focused trying to do something disciplined. It is, there is discipline uh, in that, but discipline, and I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to go to that activity that actually is not sin, is not wrong. It's just not going to get me where I need to be. And I only have a limited number of hours and time, and that's just not going to help. I'm not talking about being legalistic either. You can go nuts and just get all like, I can't, you know, every minute. Can't, yeah, you got to watch where everything is. We, we ought to watch our minutes, but every, everything ought to have a purpose in general. But I think sometimes you look at some of the micro things instead of the macro and be like, okay, uh, is this helpful, you know, in, in the, the, the greater scheme? And when I'm talking about keeping my eyes on the fence post, that's how I'm going to stay straight, not looking at all the stuff that is temperate. Because there are, there are temporarily, temporary ple, um, pressures, temporary situations that if we're not careful, it can start getting us deviating over where we're actually going. So we start looking at this stuff, we can start zigzagging. But if we'll stay just going for the fence post, if we'll stay on the goal, Hebrews we just talked about, keeping your eyes on Jesus, the author, and put that up for a second. Hebrews 12.1, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. You know, you realize that that's talking about the people that have gone on to heaven. The great, the great cloud of witnesses. You know, we, uh, my pastor for years in Lincoln, Nebraska, you know, you've heard me refer to our pastors in Lincoln, Nebraska for years before we went to Rama, before we moved out here. You know, I went to a church in Lincoln, Nebraska for a number of years. And um, that's where um, I met Shelly. Shelly ended up, she was from another state, but I met her there, got married, uh, had Brianna there, and we're pregnant with, uh, Shelly was pregnant with Andrew. We moved to Rama. But my pastor, uh, Pastor Gil Kissling, he passed away this last week. We knew he was, you know, he was 81, had lived a, a long time, but he passed away. He's in that cloud of witnesses. Uh, so thankful for, for people that point you to the word of God, that they were pastors to us, that, that they, they knew that we're all running a race and they came alongside and just poured into us um, you know, a foundation for our marriage, foundation for our family, foundation for the race that we're running. So we're thankful. But, you know, he's not here now. He's in heaven. And he's, his race is over. 
We got babies. Their race has just started. I mean, we'd all like to think, you know, Jesus is going to come back soon. Well, I, I think he is. I know this. It's sooner than it ever has been. We're closer than we ever have been. But, you know, I, in fact, Pastor Gill, he would give this. I remember when I was single, and I've been married. Shelly and I have been married 24 years now. We, we, we've known each other uh, for 25 years. But when I was single and, you know, wanted to be married and wanted to meet the right one, and, you know, I'm college and just chomping at the bit, and they had, they had talks with me and just, Jim, the right one's going to show up. You know, you just do what God's told you to do. And he would tell this, he would say this. He goes, you know, in the 70s, he goes, there are all these kids, they, you know, young people. And, you know, he had kids that are older than me and young people. And they were, they were like, you know, everybody thought Jesus was going to come back soon. You know, Jesus movement, it was like, it, it's God. I mean, we went through all this stuff decades ago and all this stuff happening. Look at society. Jesus got to be coming back anytime now. And these young people were like, but I want to get married first. Just let me experience marriage and get married, and I just want to get married. And so Jesus, just hold off coming. Hold off coming. And so then they got married. They lived for a while, and then their, their tune changed to Jesus. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly. And he would tell that story. And I was like, yeah, I don't care. Just let me get married. Well, that's been 25 years since I met Shelly and more. And so we'd like to think, oh, you know, yeah, we know all that, but Jesus is coming back. Well, I mean, it does, look, it does look bad in the world, but it's been worse. Yes. It has been worse. Uh, and so we think, no, it's got to happen soon. I believe it probably will happen soon. But if, if, it, if Jesus doesn't come back for decades and decades, those babies we dedicated this morning, they're going to grow up, get married, have children, have grandchildren, and it's just going to keep going. Well, we can't, we can't live our life like, well, it's just going to... We, we are prepared as if Jesus come back tomorrow, but we got to live our life day by day and do what God's called us to do today. You know, someone said, was asked, uh, uh, what would you do if you knew Jesus was coming back tomorrow? He said, well, I'd be doing exactly what I had planned for the day if I... What I was believe God was telling me to do. And that's the way we ought to live. We should not go into, oh, if he's coming back tomorrow, I better get in gear and change and start doing a bunch of stuff. We ought to be living and living for in uh, affecting those around us and especially living to affect our family like he is coming back soon and living so that they're prepared to be able to navigate life without our influence. Now, we're around. But ultimately, what we're doing, just talk about that for a second, as parents, we're preparing them to run with God and to serve God apart from us. So we have to, we want to instill principles. We want to give them an example of the word of God. We want to make choices that we're keeping our eyes on where we're going and where they're going so that they are instilled with truth and that they're strong enough to stand up to the assault that will inevitably keep on coming. Whether or not we're here. So verse 25, I'm talking about 
Every athlete who goes into training uh, conducts himself temperately and restricts himself in all things. They do it to win a wreath that will soon wither, but we do it to receive a crown of eternal blessedness that cannot wither. Verse 26, Therefore I do not run with uncertainty without definite aim. You put up that picture again? You're aiming towards something. You're not aiming toward, you're not looking at all the individual things that's in front of us. I know this is different this morning. We're just stirring ourselves up. Exhortation, some things that maybe we, we know but we don't know. That it's easy to go, oh, but once this gets taken care of, then, then I'll make these changes. Then, then, I'll, then I'll adjust that in my life. Here's a question that, that can help us with some of those things. When, when, we're, when we're facing the decision to ask yourself, what will be the right choice looking back from the end of my life or from that point of the fence post? What would I be satisfied with? What actually aligns with my core beliefs? That is the right decision. If you can look, and when, when sometimes we, we're like, well, which thing do I do? Just fast forward and say, which thing would I, if I were talking to my current self from the future and talking from the position of what I, I profess, what I truly believe, what decision would I make? That will, just, that will just clarify so many things. It'll say, this thing that I'm deciding on isn't even important. I won't even remember. Well, you just answered your question. If it's something that clearly it's going to take me off course, you, you would say, no, there's no way I do that now. Yeah, but all the pressure, the temporary pressure that you feel, that, that dissipates when you look at it in light of where you're supposed to be going. When you look at it at the end of this, see any bump in the road that's close, any transient thing, anything that you think, no, I got to switch course. No, you, you can't yield to that. Anything that would say, well, that's good, I'll do it later. When, you're, when you take your eyes off here and look there, you say, I, I can't deviate. I have to keep going. I'm going to keep my eyes there. Well, that'll keep you going straight. That will steal you, solidify you, stabilize you in pressures, even when things are, for the short term, it seems like you should deviate. It seems like, you know, there's no way. That will solidify you to keep moving. And choices, I know this is basic in some ways, but it's, man, it's the basic stuff that when we don't run it, it trips us up. And it's all, everybody has intentions. We all have intentions, but time keeps moving. It just keeps ticking. And so what we actually do when we say, oh, I mean, we've all done it. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do that next week. Let's just get through this time. We'll keep the kids where they are, and then we'll just do it. Next time, we'll do it at this season. We'll do it at this season. And then you look over, and where did they, how, how did they grow up? You know, we just celebrated Julia's 14th birthday yesterday. And we have this picture uh, that I always, I don't know why, when I think of Julia, uh, you know, as far as being a little kid, we, we went to my brother's wedding. He had a wedding in Estes Park, Colorado, in, um, when Julia was two months old. 
So we flew out there when she was two months old, and we have this picture in the Rocky Mountains, and we're holding her of our family and holding Julia, and she's two months old. She's younger than both of the boys that we dedicated this morning. And that was 14 years ago, and she's sitting here, you know, she's the tallest of the girls now and sitting here in front of me. And growing up, just doing a fine young lady, as all my daughters are, and just boom. And I'll tell you this, this is personal, but, you know, this is just something that, that, um, that I do, you know, that, that I did for them. I, I would take them on, on uh, dates, donut dates, and it was just small. But I would do this when I had all four kids in, um, I'm not saying this to prop me up or this is the right way or whatever. I'm just sharing this is my experience, okay? This is what we did. Um, we, you know, I was working, working as a software engineer, software engineering manager, you know, going into work every day. But I was like, I just, you know, I got four kids. I just want to have times that they, no matter what, they know that there's an uninterrupted time, that they know that's, that's set aside. You know, of course they can come to me at any time, but you know how life is. And, um, you know, I, I managed for a long time in, in the software world. One time, when, you know, this isn't unique to software, but, you know, you do one-on-ones management. Not in software, but everything can do that. Where you just, hey, no matter what, we're setting this time that, you know, you want to touch base on stuff, we'll touch base. Might be nothing. Okay, go on to the next thing. Uh, but you know that. And so I would every, you know, they'd each have their day. And before school, even though it was busy and whatever, we'd go to Dunkin' Donuts, get them a donut. I did not get a donut every day. That'd be four donuts a week. <laughs> and I rarely ever got a donut. But and, and, uh, I'd get them a donut, sit in front of them, and we'd just touch base for just a few minutes. And then I'd take them and then get on the, the bus and go to school or whatever. But I was just telling Shelly, because you know how, you know, I got an iPhone, and I'm sure Google does the same, Androids do the same thing, but it, it just brings up pictures that, you know, in your, in your past. I would intentionally take pictures as they're sitting across from me just doing that, you know, because I realize this time is going. And the way they look right now, I'm not going to see it. Tomorrow, I'm not going to see it next week, but they're changing. And I just, one popped up the other day, and I'm looking at the girls, and they're just, they're just sitting in front of me, and they're, you know, little. They're six, seven, eight, and I don't know how old you were when we started that. Maybe, I don't know, but small stuff you don't even see see happening. But boy, it seems like yesterday. Dunkin' Donuts on North Reading, you know, right up down there near, near Stop and Shop. There's so many dates there. You're sitting right across, or we do something else, just sitting across, and they they change before you over time. Well, I knew, you know. Not saying we did everything perfectly, certainly did not. But I'm thankful because there was a lot of times when it was like, man, I got too busy. I got a conference call. I got this. But I just said, we're doing that because next week, all the noise that is in business, and it's in every business, and it's in everybody's life, I won't even remember what was pressing me to drop those things. But I will remember that time. And I'm instilling that time. And I don't remember. I can't tell you. what I, I know generally what I did for all those years building software. But from week to week, I don't remember what would have caused me to drop something that seems so important, that's trying to get me to deviate, say, nah, put it off, put it off. And there were seasons, I'll be honest, where it starts to get like crazy weeks where you start dropping. And you have to come back in whatever area it is and that's what I'm saying. 
that's a discipline just like people go, oh, no, just, you know, working out. It is easier to focus your, your attention on some small area and do that with, with that with dropping everything else than it is to keep everything moving where you actually want it in the long haul. It's easier to stay busy than it is to actually do what God wants you to do. And it's easier to say, I can't do these different things. I'm going to drop a bunch of them. I will focus on this. But again, in the, in, when you're looking at the fence post, where, what decision are you going to be? When you look back, what decision do you want? What, what thing do you want to drop when you look at it from decades from now? And that will bring you clarity. And it doesn't, doesn't mean that every time... Uh, you're going to do it right. doesn't mean that you won't have to move stuff. It's just that you very intentionally push back to where unless it's got to change, we're going to do what we need to do because those things are going to press. You keep your eyes on the prize. You keep your eyes on the post. And so you have a definite aim. You have something in focus that says, I'm going to this thing. I'm going that way. Verse 27, or let's read 26 and then go into 7. Therefore, I do not run uncertain, uncertainly without definite aim. I don't know that, I'll stop there again. I don't know that you can um, overemphasize that point. Let me, we'll read 26 and then go into 27. Therefore, I do not run uncertainly without definite aim. I do not box like one beating the air and striking without an adversary. But like a boxer, I buffet my body, handle it roughly, discipline it with hardships, and subdue it for fear after proclaiming to others the gospel and the things pertaining to it. I myself should become unfit, not stand the test, be unapproved and rejected as a counterfeit. Again, verse 27, when you see that, I mean, it brings it out here. But like a boxer, I buffet my body, handle it roughly, discipline it by hardships. Yeah, a boxer is going to have to be very disciplined. He's using that illustration, but there are things that are hard on your flesh that don't have anything to do with that, and it would actually be easier to go to the gym and do this than to put some other stuff off and say, no, no, I am going to be narrowly focused on that long haul. And that, I think it would be difficult to overemphasize that point because it's in the mundane stuff that people get tripped up. Because we're all just living life. We're all in this where there are pressures, there's daily things, there's all that stuff that comes up, and it's easy to get sidetracked. It's, it's easy for everybody to get sidetracked. It's a pressure for everybody. But when we talk, Paul is talking about running your race, which is a marathon, it's not a sprint. What are we doing in our race that is for God and what decisions do we make so that we can keep that focus, push away this noise, push away distractions and push away things that will ultimately dilute or give place uh, to things that are going to, to press on our relationship with God or our family's relationship with God. And I think some pe it's easy to people over spiritualize that. They, they, they say, well, well you know, try to, we're going to have one time of concentrated, you know, uh, prayer or something, and it's, it's going to undo things that we, we're doing day in and day out when, when the things that we do day in and day out is actually what makes up where we're ultimately going to be. And it's not glossy. It's not as shiny. That's right. 
You guys know what I'm talking about. Yes. Do we know that in the natural? Well, it's the same in the spiritual. You, you know, you, you're, you're, again, don't make it legalistic, but you're reading your Bible. When you don't feel like it, that's exactly the time when we need to do it. You pray to God. You pray. You, you have a relationship with Him when you don't feel like it. That's exactly when you absolutely need it. I absolutely need it. We press forward. That's what the Apostle Paul was saying. Let's look at 2 Timothy 4, verse 6. Oh, before we go there, let's look at Luke 9, 57, then we'll go to 2 Timothy. And we'll go back to Luke 9, verse 57, what Jesus was saying. This. It says, Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I follow you wherever you go. I will follow you wherever you go. Easy to say. Verse 58, Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and uh, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. But the other man said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Verse 60, Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Another one, uh, another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. Verse 62, but Jesus said to them, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, you can see these things, Jesus is not being hard, like, you know, just disregard everything in life. What he's saying is when you follow him, there's going to be stuff that pops up. These seem like, look, I got to go do this. I have to go do this now. It's, it's rational, right? And Jesus is, is saying, you, you have to follow me. These things are not as important as you think. And he's not telling you, don't bury dead. He's not telling you to not do these things. He's saying in context, you don't let things push you off. And notice, I think it's interesting what he said, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. If you, you know, that picture, you're going this way. If you start going off like this, where is your row going to go? It's going to go all over the place. I'm looking back. I'm looking around. It's just going to be a mess. And, and uh, the enemy's subtle. You know, for a, for a child of God, <laughs> most people are not going to leave God and just go worship Satan overtly. But there's just, if he, if he can't get you from turning your back on God, he'd try to get you too busy. He'd try to get you distracted so you're just basically biding time. And you're looking at the now and looking at the now and looking at the now and looking at the now, and I'll do that later, and, but time's going. You're basically frozen. But if we know, these are, these are given to encourage us. These are given to steal us, you know what I mean, harden us, say, all right, this is, this is the lay of the land, and it's subtle. This is, this is what's going on. So what am I going to do? Just act like, uh, yeah, got it. I'll do it, and I'll, and I'll put it out into the future again, or, or we go, all right, and take inventory. And everybody else, everybody looks different. Everybody's, everybody's life looks different. The distractions look different, but the point is the same. Get you 
off like this instead of just focus. Let's read one more, 2 Timothy 4, 6, and we'll close. For I am already, this is, this is the Apostle Paul that read, he wrote what the, the scripture that we read uh, earlier in 1 Corinthians, but this is at the end of his race. He's given ready to leave the earth. He said, for I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Just stop there. He said, I've fought the good faith. That's to stay in faith and to believe God. It's also to push everything else aside. And if there's one thing I want to emphasize to you this morning, it's that. You're keeping your eye on Jesus on the fence post, on where you're going, and looking at it from that point of view. And that doesn't just involve running, at just at focusing on certain things. It also involves pushing other things aside so you can focus on the right thing. And it's more subtle than I think often we realize, especially in 2023, when we're constantly connected. And there's, you know as well as I know, you look at one, you look at one reel and you look up 10 minutes later and you just, the next one, next one, next one. Don't look at me so holy. You guys have all done it. <laughs> Seriously, I, you know, my, my, my daughter's right here as witnesses, so I can't like say anything else. They'll realize I went on Instagram to look at one thing with somebody else, and then we have this group chat that they'll all throw you know, funny reels or what they're into. And I'm like, well, I haven't looked at this for like weeks, and I'll just go look at it. And then I'm just going the next one, next one, next one, next one, try, you know, and then I've, then I've like caught up, and I'm like, I just looked at two weeks worth of reels that you guys sent me as I was seating. Now, they're funny, and I'm not saying that's bad. What I'm saying is that's the way life is, that you're like, no, I'm just going to do one. You look up, and there's five years gone. Like, no, I was just going to be, or 10 years in this area. I'm just going to do this for a season. Selah, that means think on that. I have fought the good fight. Of fa fight uh, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is a, a laid up for, for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but to all who have loved his appearing. He says the crown. That's the same thing it's referring to in 1 Corinthians that we read. That's, that's what we keep our eye on. I want to serve God. I want to be, I want to do what he's called us to do here and not make it all romantic tones and make it all this, well, we're going to drive, you know, go halfway across or around the world to, to go be a missionary if that's what God's called you to do. But actually, it's just right here tonight, today, this afternoon, tomorrow, just all the stuff that we're dealing with, pushing it off, decide, making decisions, put, instilling things into our children, uh, pushing things off for ourselves, at, picking things up. And that we're going toward that goal. And God will help us. Thank God he's not pushing us down or he's not condemning us. He's just saying when we look to him and look to him for our strength and say, Lord, help me to do this. You know. You know where I am. You know what I'm dealing with. I, 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 that's my heart. Now show me how to do it. And he will. He will. Everybody say he will. He's faithful. There is no situation that he can't untangle. Sometimes it's that we look and say, I don't see how. I don't see how to move these pieces around. I have this job or I have this commitment. 
He'll show you how to get to where you want to be if you'll look to him. There are other things. There's another job or there's another way of doing this. And it's the heart that goes after him. And if we'll look to it, he can show you how to do it in whatever season of life you're in, in whatever situation. He, his grace is sufficient. Amen.